This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Ranking the most talented rosters in college football for the upcoming 2021 season. Next on this week's edition of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Let's see for Anthony Wait for it. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it and a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. Seven, 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for both in And here's your first play. Pressure coming, sack. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan And greetings, Go Blue. Welcome to this week's edition of Michigan Podcast. I'm Steve Dace. You know, we are now less than 120 days away from the start of the 2021 college football season, otherwise known as the most wonderful time of the year. So as we begin to look ahead, it's time now to size up who are the most talented Rosters. Which teams have the most talented rosters in all of college football? I do these each and every year here on Michigan Podcast. I call them my team total talent ratings. And here's how they are compiled each and every year. First of all, you need to know these are not a power rating of teams. We'll do those later, but a potential rating of the talent on each roster, as in what's the ceiling for that team? How good could they be? Bill Connolly over at ESPN does a great job measuring how good teams are 
going into the year with his returning production metric. But I wanted to also measure returning potential to kind of complete the picture, meaning players we don't know yet. College football, we get new faces all the time, right? Think of the last two Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, Number one draft pick, Joe Burrow. I mean, he wasn't on anybody's radar going into the season. Devontae Smith wasn't even the best receiver on his own team to start last season, right? So how good is the talent on hand to be molded? I wanted to look at potential as well. And then what we do with this is we use the uh, 24-7 recruiting sports composite, uh, where they have a rank, they take the rankings of the three major services, 24-7, Rivals, and ESPN, and com- and put them together for their composite ratings. We give each player on the roster a point total based on the star they were assessed as a recruit. So five stars for a five, or five points for a five star, four points for a four star, etc. From there, we only evaluate the last four recruiting classes. So for this season, that's 2018 to 2021. And fifth-year seniors just aren't at the Power Five conference level, and that's who we're assessing. They're just not as impactful or plentiful as they used to be. But if a fifth-year senior figures prominently on the depth, on the depth chart somewhere, they are still accounted for in these rankings. Now, to accommodate for teams that are considered more developmental programs, thus they don't recruit a lot of four- and five-star prospects, um, to do that, as their players overachieve their incoming star rating, they're given additional points. So think of teams like Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Iowa in our conference, for example. This helps to account for how much better their guys get the longer they're in the program. Now, players who underachieve their star rating, we don't lower their points, though, because the point of this exercise is to measure potential, and there could be mitigating circumstances beyond an overrated evaluation that has held a player back, academics, injuries, uh, etc. These are updated, which you're about to see, with all roster news through May 8th. This also accounts now for super seniors taking the extra COVID year. We've accounted for that with all of the Power 5 teams and Notre Dame as well. So with all of that criteria in mind, Here are the top 25 most talented rosters in college football for this year. You can see that Alabama is a clear number one. Georgia, Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State have been one, two, or three in some order every year that I've done this so far, and this is year five. Clemson has the most talented roster it's ever had, according according to these ratings. Oregon leading the Pac-12. Florida close behind Oklahoma in the same neighborhood as is Texas. Texas A&M and LSU rounds out the top 10. You see our beloved Michigan Wolverines there right behind USC at number 11. The Wolverines come in 12th. And so you start looking for outliers. The next few teams are outliers. Ole Miss has a ton coming back. They rank high in Bill Connolly's returning production as well. Uh, They have the 13th most talented roster in the country. Cal, which has a slew of fifth and sixth year seniors returning. Uh, It looks like they will have a surprise season. It looks like this is the year Chip Kelly's been building towards at UCLA as well. You can see Notre Dame taking a bit of a dip with the attrition that they've suffered. North Carolina continues its steady climb under Mac Brown. Florida State you see Iowa State bringing back everybody 
That's a really high rating for a team that routinely re- recruits 8th, ninth, or 10th in, the, in, in their own conference. Penn State, that's the lowest point total they've had in the five years I've been doing this. And then you can see Mississippi State, Pittsburgh, Utah, and Kentucky round out the top 25. Now, Michigan's roster, when I, I first do these updates after the, um, uh, after the NFL draft deadline, so we know for sure which players are leaving, I then update them again after the February signing day. After those two events, Michigan's roster was ranked actually sixth in the country. So the the attrition that has gone on since has lowered the roster down to 12. I mean, that's still more than enough talent to be a team that at least competes for um, a New Year's Six bull berth, provided you are developing that talent, of course. Uh, but uh, this is a roster that originally was rated much higher. But you can see Michigan is almost further ahead of number three Penn State in the Big Ten for the most talent, as it is behind number one Ohio State for the most talent. So there is no excuse, regardless of what happened last year, youth on the team, coaching uh, changes, of which there, of course, have been a bevy. There is no excuse to have that talented of a roster and not, at the very least, have a team that's competing for a New Year's Six bull berth. So how does this look conference by conference and how does it compare to where these teams were a year ago? We'll take a look at that here in a moment. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast, because you make these episodes possible with your support. And we get asked all the time, hey, we love what you guys do. How can we support you? Well, for just $5 a month, you can support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And hey, college basketball may be done, but now we're into the Major League Baseball handicapping. And we had an outstanding season in Major League Baseball last year. We had a pretty good season in college basketball this year as well, as you can see right there from something we recently posted on our Patreon page. So five $5 a month to get some pretty good sports handicapping and opportunity to win some money like when we recommended you take before the tournament Baylor 6 to 1 to win the national championship you saw that thing pay off right well your $5 a month pays off when you support us at patreon.com/michiganpodcast All right, back here on Michigan Podcast, one of our favorite episodes every year. We take a look at the team total talent ratings heading in to the next season as we begin previewing the upcoming campaign. So we laid this out, how we do these ratings every year, and then we showed you how these teams compare against one another on a national level. But let's face it, the vast majority of opponents every team plays every season are in their own conference. So it's really about how your roster stacks up against the bulk of your schedule than the rest of the country. So let's take a look at these conference by conference and see how these rosters line up. Ohio State is a solid number one in the Big Ten. They have the exact same point total they had heading in uh, to last year with their roster. Michigan is at number two with virtually the same point total. Penn State is next at number three. They've had a lot of attrition as well. Uh, They're slightly down from a year ago. Nebraska making a big jump. In fact, uh, they're tied with Maryland for the biggest jump in the Big Ten Conference. Huskers have had four straight top 25 uh, 25 recruiting classes. It kind of feels like if Scott Frost can't make the jump this year, it's it's probably not going to happen. 
happen. Indiana, which I think a lot of you were shocked last year when you saw I had them rated a top 25 most talented roster, and then they were a team ranked in the top 10 much of the year. They're not quite that deep this year, but they're just outside the top 25. And given how many starters they have coming back, that will a team that will again be a team to be reckoned with. Purdue um, was rated high in my roster ratings last year. Disappointed on the field. A second year of that could cost Jeff Brome his job. Minnesota is next. Uh, it looks to be like their roster looks closer to the one we saw two years ago than the one we saw last year. I mentioned Maryland before. Uh, Maryland actually leads Bill Connolly's returning production rankings in the Big Ten Conference and by quite a bit, actually. And then you can see Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State. Really, if you take a look at that entire Big Ten West, So Nebraska with the number one roster in the Big Ten West at 270 points. But you look at Michigan State down there with the 11th best roster in the Big Ten. They're at 261. That's really not that big of a difference. So what these things are, what these are telling you is it's just, it's a sliver of difference between all of these teams in the Big Ten West. Rutgers taking a nice jump uh, into the 240s, and Northwestern is on is the biggest decliner in the Big Ten. They've lost a ton of talent off of last year's surprise team. Moving on to the ACC, I don't think it'll shock anybody to see Clemson as a clear number one. For the purposes of these rankings, and since Notre Dame plays half of its schedule against this conference, I always include Notre Dame with the ACC. But look at the fact that Clemson, as if they needed any more help, their roster is 34 points more talented than last year's roster that went to the playoff again and had the number one overall draft pick. So uh, it's it's good to be Dabo Sweeney. Miami making a big jump. This looks to be a year that they can, uh, last year they kind of teased us as a contender. This looks to be the year that they will contend. This also looks to be the year that Mac Brown has been building towards at North Carolina. A nice jump for Florida State with its new coach in year two. And then you can see coaching stability paying off at Pittsburgh uh, and then also at Virginia. You see Virginia Tech as a program on the decline there. Justin Fuente is a coach on the hot seat. NC State surprised a lot of people last year. They're bringing back virtually the same roster minus a couple of players that they had a year ago. Louisville looks to take a big jump in terms of overall talent and depth. You'll see this later on though. No team made a bigger jump from last year's roster than Boston College did. A 42-point leap from where they were a year ago. Next, we move over to the Pac-12 Oregon, number one most talented roster in that conference two years in a row. Of course, they've won the Pac-12 the last two years in a row as well. USC is taking a nice jump up to the number two slot. We mentioned Cal earlier. They look to be maybe one of the surprise teams in the country this year. Could also be UCLA. It's been more tortoise than hare for Chip Kelly trying to rebuild the Bruins back into a conference power, but it looks like he's got a roster ready to do that this season. Washington, one of Michigan's uh, key opponents this year, one of the big non-conference games in the Big Ten. They look to be more talented than they were a year ago. Utah takes a mighty leap in the Boston College range. Uh, And you know Kyle Whittingham is already a good coach, so expect them uh, to be a pesky contender there in the Pac-12. Also could be the best team yet that Herm Edwards has had at Arizona State. So really everybody in this conference. Look at Washington State, second year for its coach. Stanford taking a nice jump. Arizona even more improved than they were a year ago. Other than Oregon State, pretty much every team in this league looks to be on the upswing. Uh, So it could be a strong year for the Pac-12 conference. In the Big 12, 
kind of the opposite here. You can clearly see the top tier of this conference has really set itself apart from everybody else in the league from a talent perspective, which means could you see two playoff teams out of this conference, for example? Could Oklahoma and Iowa State, with what they have coming back, be so much better than everybody else that say they split two games in the regular season in a conference championship and both of those teams end up making the college football playoff? I think this reminds me, looking at this conference, reminds me of looking at Michigan State and Ohio State heading into 2015. It looked very similar, the difference between those teams and the rest of the league. It kind of looks that way with these top three teams here, Oklahoma, Texas, and Iowa State. It's just that within Texas' starting lineup, there's less experience returning uh, than there is for both the Sooners and the Cyclones. Oklahoma State looks to have still a fairly respectable respectable roster uh, around a top 25 team like they typically are under Mike Gundy. But again, look at the, look at the rest of this league. The rest of this league, the rosters are either kind of what they were a year ago, like in Baylor's case, or they're on the downswing. So that is something to watch for uh, this year. The controversy is always about who that fourth team is typically. Could you get a second team out of this league because of how much better the top tier is compared to the rest of the conference? And then we go to the SEC. How about Alabama defending national champs? And their roster's 40 points more talented than it was last year. That's just, doesn't it just, it's just disgusting. <laughs> Nick Saban doesn't need any help, folks. How about the fact Georgia has a roster that's gone down 20 points and it's still the second most talented roster in college football? Good night. If I was a Georgia fan, I'd be like, why aren't we in the playoff every single year? Florida has to replace several key starters, but recruiting is still uh, improving their overall talent level. Massive jump. For Texas A&M there uh, in Jimbo Fisher heading into year three, a massive jump for LSU after last year's down uh, season following the national championship. That's what having the number three recruiting class will do for a team. Lane Kiffin ain't messing around at Old Miss. Mississippi State quietly improving their roster. Then you look at the rest of, uh, of of the conference, and you can see Sam Pittman in Arkansas is doing some work. Tennessee, this was originally, prior to this program falling apart, this was originally, post-NFL draft deadline, a top 10 most talented roster in college football. They have suffered an immense amount of attrition in the last couple of months, as has Auburn since the coaching change from Gus Malzahn to Brian Harson too. So how about climbers and fallers? These are, according to my ratings, the five most improved teams in college football. Actually, it should be LSU tied with Utah. That's my mistake. LSU and Utah tied for number one, Boston College, just behind Alabama, Texas A&M, and Clemson. Now, now here's what just will make you sick if you're a fan of most of the rest of the teams in college football. A team that's two years removed from going 15-0 and and maybe having the best team in modern history. Do we really need to see them the most improved roster in the sport? Alabama, Clemson, you know, the two teams everybody's sick of are two of the most improved rosters in the sport. Texas A&M finished number four last year. They're one of the most improved rosters in the sport. The rich get richer in college football. The five most declining rosters for the 2021 season, Auburn with a massive decline of 35 points. Duke looks like it's coming to the end of the David Cutcliffe era. Georgia had the third steepest roster point decline, still has the number two overall roster 
roster in college football. So I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay. Northwestern and Oregon State, though, they could be, for their respective institutions, they could be looking at down seasons. So now you've got our first look at our 2021 preview and assessment of the most talented rosters heading in to the upcoming season. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast because you make these episodes possible with your support. And we get asked all the time, hey, we love what you guys do. How can we support you? Well, for just $5 a month, you can support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And hey, college basketball may be done, but now we're into the Major League Baseball handicapping and we had an outstanding season in Major League Baseball last year. We had a pretty good season in college basketball this year as well, as you can see right there from something we recently posted on our Patreon page. So $5 a month to get some pretty good sports handicapping and opportunity to win some money. Like when we recommended you take before the tournament, Baylor six to one to win the national championship. You saw that thing pay off, right? Well, your $5 a month pays off when you support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. This week's Twitter poll results, we asked you, whoa, those results are pretty one-sided. What what word best describes your mood about the 2021 Michigan football season? Only 10.9% of you said excited. Wow. 18.8% of you said nervous. 70.3% of you said anticlimactic, like you just kind of know how it ends before it begins. I'll say this, though. Uh, Today, the day we're taping this, Michigan has replaced Mo Linguist, its co-defensive coordinator who left, uh, being here for like 150 days or something to be the head coach at Buffalo. I mean, that's a massive PR hit, but Michigan responded today by hiring Steve Klingscale away from Kentucky, probably their top recruiting coach, a guy that's been a a burr in the saddle uh, for Michigan, recruiting Ohio and Michigan against us. That's a massive PR win for Michigan. That's a massive perception win. I think it's the biggest perception win Harbaugh has had in a while. Even bigger than Will Johnson, the five-star commit, because he's a legacy recruit. So that's a much-needed shot of adrenaline uh, for Michigan. Hopefully it's a sign that we're all going to be eating crow here in six months. We're all, we don't see it coming and they're going to shock the world because I think Jim Harbaugh is either having a Big Ten Coach of the Year kind of season or getting fired. And I don't think it'll be anything in between. And at my age, I'm, I'm tired of wait till next year. So I'd love it to be the Big Ten Coach of the Year type of season. This week's feedback comes from Hassler UM who says, wasn't it great Seeing Benjamin St. Juice get drafted after transferring to Minnesota after you watched our starting corners get torched all year, I roll. How about this, though? Benjamin St. Juice was processed at Michigan as a medical. Uh, apparently just medically didn't think he could play. Went on to play two years for Minnesota after that and could apparently pass the stringent NFL medical, but couldn't pass the medical at Michigan? Again, it's just one of these things about our program the last few years that just doesn't make any sense. Just It's just random. It doesn't make any sense. So, so Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst cleared Michigan's medical despite his heart issue his entire career. It gets flagged by the NFL and it makes him, what, a fourth or fifth round draft pick. 
Benjamin St. Juiced can't get cleared by our medical, but he's a top 100 draft pick in the NFL draft. He clears theirs. Who knows, man? Who knows? That'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast to keep up to date on what we think about all things maize and blue in between episodes. Like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, whichever the case may be, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, YouTube, if you if you watch the video version. Whichever platform you access us through, the more of you to do that, the more it helps to get the word out to more Michigan fans just like you. Until the next time, I'm here on Michigan Podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue.